in that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound. And I've got a Savior in that land, and I've got a Savior in that land. I've got a Savior in that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound. And I've got a Savior in that land, and I've got a Savior in that land. I've got a Savior in that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound. And don't you want to go to that land? Oh, don't you want to go to that land? And don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound? And don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? And don't you want to go to that land where I'm bound, where I'm bound? Man. Please turn to page 18. In your sacred selection psalm books. Once again, that's page 18 in your sacred selection psalm books. Mansion, robe, and crown. Once again, that's page 18 in your sacred selection psalm books. Mansion, robe, and crown. Father, let us sing. I'm going to trade this earthly all for a better one, bright and fair. Christ left to prepare a mansion for his children in the air. And I'll join him in that land where tears no sorrow can be found. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown. And there love always abound, so let me your throne surround. Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. And the weather there is always fair, there's sunshine day and night, and no cold or rain will fall there, for the ever bright, and I'll need no heavy garment, I'll just wrap my robe around. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown. And there love always abound, so let me your throne surround. Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, and my head is bowed and bloody now from the work that I've got to do, oh, but one day I'll be rewarded with a crown so bright and new, and I'll wear a smile so bright for there'll be no cause for a frown. When I receive my mansion, mansion, robe and crown, Lord, I want a mansion, robe and a crown. And there love always abound, so let me your throne surround. Lord, please reserve my mansion, Lord, 
please reserve my mansion, Lord, please reserve my mansion, mansion, robe and crown. Man. Please turn to page 985 in your faith and praise books. Once again, it's page 985 in your faith and praise books. After this, we'll have scripture reading and prayer. Once again, it's page 985 in your faith and praise books. When morning comes. Page 985. Follow the same. Trials stuck on every hand, and we cannot understand all the ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. Oh, but he'll guide us with his eye, and we'll follow till we die, and we will understand it better. Oh, by and by, we're singing by and by, oh, in the morning. You know that all the saints of God are gathering home and we will tell the story how we overcome and we will understand it better by and by. Oft our cherished plans have failed and disappointments have prevailed and we've wandered in the darkness, heavy hearted and alone, but we're trusting in the Lord and according to his word, and we will understand it better by and by, we're singing by and by, oh, when the morning comes, you know that all the saints of God are gathering home and we will tell the story how we overcome and we will understand it better by and by. Temptations hidden snares often take us unawares and our hearts were made to bleed for its thoughtless word a deed and we wonder why the test when we try to do our best oh but we'll understand it better oh by and by we're singing by and by oh in the morning comes you know that all the saints of God are gathering home and we will tell the story how we overcome and we will understand it better oh by and by we're singing by and by oh when the morning comes you know that all the saints of God are gathering home and we will tell the story how we overcome and we will understand it better by and by. Amen. Good morning once again, church. For our scripture reading for this morning worship service, we'll be read from Psalms 113, 139th Division of Psalms. 
verses 7 through 14. The, the 139th division of Psalm, verses 7 through 14. Once again, 139th division of Psalm, verses 7 through 14. And it reads, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy, thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say surely, the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. But the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. I have just read Psalms, the vision of 139 and verses 1 through 7. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and doers of his word. Amen. Let us bow and go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven, Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth with thanksgiving in our hearts. Thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and closing our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the ones that are present. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the prayers that you have answered in the past. And we pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue answering in the future. Most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, your Savior, our Savior, your love, your mercy, and your grace, and your word which is our guideline from earth to glory. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in all over the world. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's walking in darkness. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come to the light, see the light, come to the light before it's everlasting too late. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every member here at Inglewood Church of Christ and their families and friends. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless us with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's traveling and will be traveling. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to and from their destination safe 
without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that is bereaved at this time, that done lost loved ones. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way, Heavenly Father, that you know how. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for the churches that's having difficulty at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless them with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of, according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's working on the front line. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you would continue keeping them safe. And we also pray for our government, Heavenly Father. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they do the thing that is correct, right and correct in, or in your order, Heavenly Father. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that for, we thank thee, Heavenly Father, for bringing us out of darkness and putting us into your marvelous light. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will continue loving each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will become better Christians today than we were yesterday. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. And Heavenly Father, when we think, say, I do anything contrary to your word. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. And we say a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper. He come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we'll listen to what we'll listen toward eternity. Because they will be eternal matters, he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, but also doers of your word. Heavenly Father, in the things we learned today, that we will go and teach and tell others what they must do to be saved. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that this worship service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we don't come to the end of our journey and said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Please turn to page 23. In your faith and praise books. Once again, it's page 23 in your faith and praise book. Our God, He is alive. Once again, that's page 23 in your faith and praise books. Follow the same. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He tinted the skies with heavenly hue and framed the worlds with his great mind. There is a God, he is alive, in him we Die. 
my God. He created man. He is our God. The great I am. There was a long, long time ago a God whose voice the prophets heard. He God that we should know, who speaks from his inspired word. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live and we survive. From dust our God, in created man. He is our God, the great I am. Secure is life from mortal mind. God holds the germ within his hand. Though men may search, they cannot find. For God alone does understand. There is a God, He is alive, in Him we live and we survive. From dust our God, created man, He is our God, the Son upon a tree, alive was wailing there to give, that he from sin might set men free, and evermore with him could live. There is a God, he is alive, in him we live, and we From dust our God, created man, he is our God, the great I am, there is a God, he Uh, 464.
in your faith and praise books. Once again, that's page 464 in your faith and praise books. Because he lives. Once again, that's page 464 in your faith and praise books. Follow the sun. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. He No. Oh. 
said, gives way to victory. I'll see the light of glory and I'll know he reigns because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he face tomorrow. Uh, thank God for tomorrow, uh, because if he's there, we're going to be all right. Uh, thank you, Brother Culpepper, for leading us in those wonderful songs, and surely uh, we thank you, church, for adding your voices to the worship service and making what it should be uh, as we lift them up in praise. The Bible says in the Ephesian text and also in Colossians 3 and Ephesians 5, speaking to yourself. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord. And we're just so thankful uh, that God has given us such a privilege uh, to be able to exercise those pipes and tapestries that he has put within us, uh, that we can uh, share these uh, wonderful songs of hymns and spiritual songs, uh, giving him the glory that he, is certainly, that he is certainly due. I remember the Hebrew writer said that we should uh, give him the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, and we ought to do that continually. Uh, but I remember the other part of that text before he gets into that. He says, in the midst of the church. Amen. So in the midst of God's people, we ought to be able to lift up our voices 
uh, and give God the sacrifice of praise. Amen. Amen. I want to call your attention very quickly, if you will, to the book of Psalm, this, the 139th division uh, of the book of Psalm. I really appreciate all of our brethren who have come before us thus far with the scripture reading and the prayer uh, and uh, uh, certainly uh, the, the singing of psalms. We, uh, uh, we just so thankful to be able to, uh, to worship God and to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Uh, and so as I have been doing and as I will continue to do, amen, I'm going to ask that you open up your Bibles. I hope you have your Bibles this morning. Amen. I don't care, as I say, I don't care what form you have it in, whether it's digital or otherwise, uh, but make sure you have your Bible this morning uh, so that you can follow along with us. As we go through God's Word, we want you to be able uh, to, to look into the Word of God and to see what it is that God uh, is saying to us uh, concerning, his, uh, concerning His Word. Now remember, Paul said in a long time ago, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant. Uh, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. Uh, and he was very clear, as he wrote to Timothy in Ephesians 3, that whereby when we read, we shall understand the knowledge uh, of the mystery of God. And so we know that in order for us not to be ignorant, and that is simply to be unknowing of God's word, uh, we've got to read. We've got to read. Now Paul told Timothy to study, uh, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, that needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing and howling to write the word of truth. Now, I've said this before in the past, and, and I'm sure that uh, uh, it is uh, certainly an opportunity to keep it in your remembrance. Uh, there's one thing to read, because we, uh, we need to read God's word, amen, and, 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 and we need to make sure that we do it uh, uh, as often as we possibly can. Uh, but there then is an opportunity to study Right? I mean, you can read something, amen, uh, and it's wonderful to read, but then you need to, as uh, children of God, as Christians, uh, we need to grow because we have to come into an understanding. And, and so that means that we have to study. We've got to put ourselves in a mindset where we are willing to spend some time with the word of God and study it. James says, uh, he that looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Uh, and when you look into the perfect, perfect law of liberty, that word looketh means to stoop down and to stay long. In other words, just, just don't do cursory reading. Uh, but spend some time with it to understand uh, what the will of God is. And so we, 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 we study, as Paul told Timothy, to, uh, 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 that we may be able to rightly divide and handle right uh, the word of truth, right? And so we not only study, but we read. We're looking into the word of God, Amen. Uh, so that we can come into an understanding and not be uh, 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 ignorant, if you will, or not knowledgeable about the word of God. Uh, but then he also says when, we, when we're doing that, amen, he says, whereby when you read, you shall understand the knowledge of the mystery. In other words, we're not, we're not doing this just for, uh, uh, for luxury, if you will, uh, uh, just pleasure. We're, we're doing this for a reason. Uh, we want to save our souls, Amen. Uh, and so in order to do that, we need to make sure that we're, we're, we're developing our spiritual minds so that we can understand what God's will is, so that we can put it into practice, so that when God comes back, he will see us living lives that are a, that are a representation of a spiritual sacrifice uh, that is only holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, Romans 12, 1 through 3. And so we look at Psalm 139. And we, 
come back to some things we began to share on last Lord's Day about the immortal God and the mortal man. And David writes in the psalm, and he writes it so eloquently, it, 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 is, it is certainly uh, uh, a, uh, a psalm that is uh, worth our uh, becoming familiar with. Uh, David talks about the, the, the omnipotence and the omniscience of God. In other words, he, he, he brings in the, 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 the everlasting characteristics and attributes of God. Uh, and this should help us to understand, especially those of us who may not have obeyed the gospel as of yet, but we are contemplating and, and thinking about whether or not we should obey God. We, we, we are challenged with the ideas of worldly knowledge and secular knowledge when it comes to spiritual knowledge. Uh, and so we, we are still struggling. That mortal man is still struggling. That carnal mind is still evolving and developing. Uh, it is still, if you will, uh, uh, immersed in the limitations of man's knowledge and has, has yet to embrace the spiritual knowledge of God. Uh, but yet it is still, as God has allowed us to live, it is still in a position of opportunity uh, to change before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Uh, so Psalm 139, as David is attributed the credit for this psalm, he begins with a, a, a wonderful phrase. He says, oh, Lord, amen. It's always when you, when you want to sing some psalms, amen. It's always good to start with, oh, Lord, amen. Uh, acknowledge who it is that you are addressing, amen. Uh, he says, oh, Lord, uh, thou hast searched me and known me. I, I, Lord, have mercy. I love that so much. Thou hast searched me and known me. In other words, there's nothing about us that is outside of the knowledge of God. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. There is nothing that we are hiding from the Lord. Amen. You might think you're hiding it from the Lord, but you can't hide nothing from God. Uh, God knows us. David says, "He thou hast searched me. In other words, David David's making it very clear. He understands that, that, that God truly knows every hair that falls from our head. Amen. Amen. Thou hast searched me and, and, and known me. In other words, amen, there's nothing that I have thought to do but may, may have not done. There's nothing that I may have purpose to do but yet did not do it uh, and then there are those things that are very outward and frontward not only to God but to all mankind that I have done but God has let us know not only do I know that which you have done which has been manifested before the world I know that which you intended to do but did not do amen that which you think is hidden it may be hidden from the world but God says I see your heart I know who you are and thou have known me. This addresses the immortal God that we serve. For God let us understand that there is nothing that he does not know. Not only about us individually, but about us collectively. And surely about all the ends of the world, God knows. Amen. He is the architect and the designer of all things. And so he knows, if you will, what is happening within uh, his creation. In verse number two, David would say, thou knowest my down-sitting. And, 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 and I, I just thank God. 
Because when, 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 when no one else understands me, I know God understands me. Amen. You see, I know God understands me. Thou Lord, my down sitting. Amen. You know, sometimes you, you just you just sit down and contemplate. You're trying to figure things out, amen. Uh, trying to trying to work it out in your mind. Trying to ca- try to calculate, if you will. God says, I, I know you're down sitting. And sometimes in that deep meditation of that moment of time, wherever it may find itself, and sometimes we think that that meditation of time is always convenient. But let me tell you something. Uh, I found in my 56 years that sometimes you just stop for a moment, and, and, and no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, that meditative mind, if you will, when it's connected to God, it'll just stop everything else around you and start thinking about the Lord. Amen. Amen. You're trying to figure out how to get through some stuff. And knowing that without God, it's not going to happen. And so your meditative mind, just it, just it just goes into a place where just you and the Lord exist. Amen. And you're thinking about God, how can I get through this? Amen. I, I've exhausted. Have you gotten to the point sometimes where you just know you've exhausted all that you can do? And when you've exhausted all that you can do, you just got to sit next to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm putting all the rest in your hand. So just get me through the rest of it. That's down sitting, that meditative mind. And when, when you try to explain it to people and, and talk to people about it, nobody else understands. And sometimes when you try to get other people to understand your down sitting and nobody else can understand it, sometimes you just got to realize that the carnal mind can only go so far. But when you stop and say, well, the Lord knows, I'm going to be all right. The Lord knows, knows my down sitting. And then he says, and, and my uprising, amen. Because let me tell you something, you sit down long enough and you spend time with the Lord, you're going to feel some strength in your knees. Amen. God's going to help you get up from that. <laughs> Amen. I, I know he, he's able. Amen. Uh, I remember when, 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 when Moses uh, uh, passed away and Joshua and the rest of the children of Israel were wandering around the mountain. Amen. Didn't know which way to go. And, amen. Or how to go. And God had to come down and Talk to Joshua and say, you got to move away from this mountain. You, you, you've been here long enough. Amen. You got to get up and go on over to Canaan land and possess that which I have put out there for you to possess. Amen. Joshua had to get up and tell the children of Israel, y'all need to get up because the Lord says we still need to go and take the Canaan land. The land that flowed with milk and honey where there was no cattle that had been raised by them, where there were no homes that had been built by them, no mines that they have mined, amen. There were no farming, no fields that they have planted, but God had prepared it for them, and they would be able to go in and possess the land, as Caleb and Joshua says, let us go up and possess it. But God has already put it in our hand. He says, thou knowest my down city. Thou knowest my uprising. Thou understandest my thought, Lord have mercy. Or fall off. Oh, Lord have mercy. We serve a good God. We serve an immortal God. And the God that we serve is able to know our thought before we even actually conceive it or think it. He said, thou knowest my thought of far off. Amen. And when you know that you're with the Lord and the Lord is with you, he's able to help you uh, contemplate that thought. Amen. He's able to help you uh, uh, put it into a spiritual context, Lord have mercy, before it even lands uh, 
into your, your carnal mind, the, the spiritual mind has already began to see how to sort it through and to work it through so that it can be done in a way that will maintain that, that living sacrifice to be holy and acceptable unto God. Verse number three says, Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. Amen. He lets, him, he lets us know, David does, that God, if you will, has already seen our pathway. Amen. And, and nothing is finished until God says it's finished. Amen. Amen. And, and, and all of us at one time were on a path to destruction because we were in our sin. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 says that we, we walked according to the principalities and the powers of this world. That means that we were all in sin. Romans 3 and 23 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And thou knowest that is God who compasses my path. He, he, he sees the beginning and the end of my life. Amen. And yet God is a merciful God. He's a God that's full of grace and in his mercy and his grace, God interjected Christ in the pathway of man. And God says, here's a path that you are on. But, but guess what? There's a signpost up ahead. And that signpost said, this way for Christ. Amen. So you don't have to stay on the pathway to destruction. There's a signpost ahead. That said, this signpost says, this way to Christ. Amen. And when you, when you know that, that, that God is already knowing the end and the, the, the beginning and the end of our pathway, I suggest that you consider taking the, the, the route that says this way to Christ. Amen. Because it takes you away from the pathway to destruction. And Jesus lets us know surely, as he gives us in John chapter 14, when they were asking, if you will, about the way to heaven's glory, Jesus said unto them, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. When you're on the pathway to destruction, your heart should be troubled. Amen. Nobody wants to end in destruction. At least I don't think you want to end in destruction. I don't want to end in destruction. Amen. But I'm letting you know right now, he says, amen. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I shall come again to receive you unto myself. That there I am there, you may be also. One of the disciples says, Lord, how shall we know the way? The signpost is ahead. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We all were on the pathway to destruction from the pulpit to the pew. We were all, well, all, if you will, on the path of destruction. But we saw the signpost. And we saw the signpost that said, this way to Christ. And some of us took, uh, took that pathway. We led, being led by Christ, we continue to strive to stay on that pathway. I remember in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 6, when they were asking the question. Jeremiah had to come back as the prophet of God always does. Comes back with clarity and specificity. You know, he lets them know, amen. You know, there's no ambiguity when it comes to God. As a matter of fact, when you're on that pathway to destruction, sometimes you got to stand still. Sit down for a minute. Amen. Amen. God knows you're down sitting. Amen. Boy, I'm not even preaching yet. I'm just, I'm just trying to hope, open, up the, open up the text. Amen. Amen. But he says, I know you're down sitting. 
And when you're on that pathway, and, and God says, if you will, he says, stand ye in the ways. Lord, have me. There are a lot of ways you can go. Amen. A lot of ways you can go. But there's only one way that leads to life. Yeah. And that way is to have glory that leads there by Christ. That, that's the only way you can go that's going to make it to heaven. Now, there are a lot of ways you can go. But let me tell you something. There's only one way that leads in heaven. Jeremiah the prophet says to the children he says stand ye in the ways meditate for me look and see ask some questions inquire as to what way you need to go Amen. ask for the old path we got all this new stuff going on God said we need to come back to the, what was right amen don't worry about what's new amen come back to what's right Amen. Well, you know, we got new technology and new ways to do this. Yeah, that's the problem. You got too much new stuff. Amen. Amen. Don't know what to do with that. Amen. But you need to come back to the old way. Amen. Ask for the old path. Where is the good way? Lord, have mercy. And Jesus makes it very clear. I am the way. In other words, you need to come back to Christ. Amen. Amen. You need to come back to Christ. We used to have this phrase that we used to use back in the in, in the early 1900s we used to we used to have this phrase that uh, uh, in 1800s as a matter of fact we used to have this phrase back to the bible now nobody wants to hear that phrase mm. they want to go back to the bible they want to go they want to go to some new age book of theology but they don't want to go back to the bible amen because when you come back to the bible what you what are you going to find there you're going to find the pathway to christ and when you find that, when you go back to the Bible and you see that pathway to Christ, you're going to recognize that it looks nothing like the path that you own. Oh, amen. If I say amen, amen. amen. I'm just trying to hope it's here. Amen. That's why you used to say back to the Bible. Amen. Let's come back to where God has given us an understanding of his way. Amen. Not a philosophical searching for truth. Amen. But reading God's word, which is the truth. Amen. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. My word is true. We're not looking for a book of philosophy. Amen. That, that, that philosophizes what people may want to existentially think that is true. God says, come back to the old path. Come back to my word. Come back to the Bible. There is in the Bible the way that leads unto heaven, heaven's glory. And he says, it's in the old path. And you know what? Even with all of that, the prophet reminds us because he wants us to stay encouraged. He reminds us that even in all of that, there are some who will not walk therein. Oh, amen. You just got to recognize it. You just got to understand it. There are some who are not going to take that off road. Amen. As a matter of fact, some of them are going to see the off road. And instead of slowing down so that they can make the turn, they're going to step on the gas and shoot right past and keep on rolling. Oh, amen. Y'all know I'm right. I mean, come on. The Bible's right. Amen. And I know the Bible's right because the master teacher's already said it. Amen. Because there's one day that's going to come. And that day is coming. That we all must stand before the judgment bar of God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. And give an account of those things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. That, that mortal man is going to have to stand before God in immortality. And they're going to have to see which way they're going to go. And God says, God says, if you will, that there be those 
who have shot past the off-ramp that said this way to Jesus, they're going to pass up that off-ramp, pressing on the gas. And some say, well, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm not, I, I don't really want to, want to go to hell. Well, I always make a correction, amen. You ain't going to have to worry about wanting to go. That's going to be your last concern, amen. Because the Bible says you're going to be cast, amen. In other words, it's not a choice whether or not you want to go. Because when judgment day comes, amen, there's only two places that the immortal man, that soul, that spirit that God gave us, the one we talked about on last Lord's Day, the one that meets God in the spiritual place of worship called the church, the spiritual tabernacle, the true tabernacle, Hebrews chapter 9, 1 through 6, the true tabernacle that God has placed in front of us, the one that brings us together, our spiritual uh, uh, bodies that come together as, uh, as, uh, uh, as the Thessalonian text would help us to understand we are body, soul, and spirit. When that soul and spirit comes together, if you will, being carried about by that physical body, when we come together in worship, the spiritual house of God, us coming together, not the mortal man, but the spirits coming together to worship God, John chapter 4, in spirit and in truth. When those spirits come together, that spiritual man will stand before God in judgment. Don't worry about that body because that body goes back to the dust of the earth from which it came. It is that spirit that stands before God in judgment. Oh, Amen. And so when God, if you will, begins to judge us according to whether or not this has been a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, God says, you're going to be cast. There's a resurrection unto everlasting life. And there's a resurrection unto damnation. And we surely want to be on the former, which is everlasting life. We want to go to heaven's glory. And so David helps us to understand, thou hast compassed my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. You know this interesting concept of lying down. We, we, we may recall from our, our days with our mom and dad, they used to have this, 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 this old southern phrase. You done, you done made the bed. Now lie. Amen. And, and, and now let me tell you something. Depending on what you've done with your bed, amen, will determine your destination. Lord have mercy. But see, the wonderful thing about the immortal God is full of mercy. It's full of grace. In other words, as long as you're still living, there's a chance for you to make up your bed differently. Amen. Maybe you need to put some new sheets on it. Amen. Need to put some new quilts on it. You may need a new mattress. Amen. Put a new bed frame on it. Amen. Because you want it to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh, amen. See, I thought I was talking about a bed. I'm talking about our soul. Amen. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have another chance opportunity for that soul to take the right ramp off uh, that goes towards Christ that leads to heaven's glory. David reminds us 
You're going to deal with that carnal bed. You're going to have to lay in it. But if you want to change it and put some new stuff on it, God is willing. And not only is he willing, but he's able. Amen. The question is, are you willing to change your life? Are you willing for that mortal man to put down the carnal things of the world and to pick up those spiritual things of God so that it can be saved one day? That's the question that's on the table. Because God is not here to save that body. God is here to save the soul. David goes on and says, if you will, thou art acquainted with all of my ways. Not just some of my ways, but with all of my ways. And I like this because, see, Accountability is here. When you start speaking about the omniscient God and the omnipotent God, in other words, God has all authority and God has all knowledge. Amen. He has all authority, he has all power, which is all authority. And he has all knowledge. Amen. Omniscience. And there's nothing that's hidden from him. David has already made it very clear. Thou knowest my uprisings, my down sittings. Thou, Thou knowest all things about me. Amen. Thou searchest me and thou hast known me. God knows all things and he knows all of my ways. And I'm glad that David brought that in because, see, let me tell you something. When it comes to a life of Christianity, you must understand that we are individually accountable for the way that we go. You're not going to be able to stand before God and say, my preacher said that. And so I did what the preacher said. Amen. Because I know I have a, I have a speculation when it comes to God's response. God's going to say, well, don't worry about him because he's in line behind you. <laughs> I'll, I'll deal with him when he comes up again. Amen. 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 If the blind needs the blind. Amen. Y'all know the text. Y'all know where I am. You're not going to be able to blame the preacher. Amen. We are accountable for our own soul salvation. Philippians chapter 2 says, work out your own salvation. But you got to work it out with spirit and in truth. Amen. Because we're going to be, each of us individually will stand before the judgment bar of God and that, spirit, that figurative idea. God's word is judging us right now. Because don't think there's going to be a big long line like there is at In-N-Out on Saturday night. It ain't going to be like that. Amen. Amen. We'll be a judge in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. So the word of God is already preparing us for our destination. God has put all these signposts up here. This way to Jesus. You just shot past that. He gives you the next day. This way to Jesus. You just shot past that. Gives you another day. This way to Jesus. You're the shot pastor. Let me tell you something. At some point, that road go in. No more signpost. For it's appointed unto man. Once to die. And after this, the judgment. When you die, no more signposts. There's nothing else you can do after that. You've hit the end of your mortal road. When it comes to death. Amen. Remember the rich man. Look, book of Luke is very clear. When he died, amen. He had, he had a lot of stuff, though. Amen. He died with a bunch of stuff. Amen. From a worldly perspective, he was identified as a rich man because he had many possessions. Have mercy. But with all those possessions, with all those material things, you know what? There's one thing he came by. Amen. You might be able to buy a lot of cars and a lot of houses and, and a lot of 
faith suffering, but whatever. Whatever applies. Amen. Maybe I'd buy all that. But when it comes to heaven, your money is no good in heaven. to pay attention to, to consider, and to contemplate. God never wanted man to be ignorant of anything. God asked, as the immortal God that he is, as the creator of all things. He asked for the recognition of his covenant and his word. To not be ignorant of it, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. Man is the created creature. God created us. Full stop. There's no more conversation after that. I don't care, I don't care what book of Darwinism that you pull out. We're not talking about a philosophy of God. We're talking about the truth of God's word. We're not talking about a theory. We're talking about the spiritual creation, the facts. And God had given us in Genesis 1 and 1, and God has given us in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, and, and 2 and 7, and Acts 17, 25, and Acts 17 and 26. God lets us know that he is the creator, and we are the created. And we need to recognize that. That's a full stop. That's a period at the end of that sentence. God lets us know that when we stand before him, we will stand before him in judgment. Turn with me very quickly, and I'm going to come back to Psalm 139, but I want you to read this, if you will, at least if you have it in your hand. You have your digital version or the, the paper copy of the Bible, whichever you have, over to Colossians. And look at Colossians 1 uh, and, and, and verse number 16, just quickly here. Colossians 1 and 16. Look what, look what Paul says uh, to the church at uh, Colossae. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start at Colossians 1 and, and verse number 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Lord have mercy. In verse number 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? I want to know without him delivering us from the power of darkness, how were we supposed to get out? Amen. Amen. It just seems to me that that, that, that God understood that at that time there were things that uh, were beyond man's ability. And so in the fact that darkness is here identified as sin, who was going to deliver us from sin? No one could deliver. We couldn't deliver ourselves. If, if, if we could have delivered ourselves, then there would have been no reason for Christ to come and to die. That's why the, that's why the off-ramp was put in place. We were in our sins, headed down the road. Breaking the speed limit straight into the place that ends in turmoil and darkness called hell. But God in his will, in his wisdom, in his planning already before the foundation of the world. He had already planned for the church to be an off-ramp for those who were willing to take it. So they, they may be delivered from the power of darkness through his son. To make it into heaven's glory. 
In Colossians 1 and 13, he would go on and say, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, that immortal God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. God lets us know that we are the mortal man. It is because of God that we are here. With all of our scientific knowledge and all of our wisdom and all the things that we have contemplated and tried to come up with and conjure up to try to discount the fact that God is on the throne. Still trying to find life on other planets. And we're in hope that if we find some sense of life on another planet, then we have an argument to make that, 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 that there's no God. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Because you find life on the other planet, how does that discount God? God said he created all things. Amen. I mean, just because you find it don't mean it never existed. Just ask, oh, I'm not going to deal with Columbus this morning. I'm not going to deal with that. But just because you find it doesn't mean it never existed. Amen. But we're still trying to figure out how do we try to discount God. Let me tell you something. We all going to stand before the judgment bar of God. And we have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. God is immortal. And David helps us to understand as we make our way back to Psalm 139 that God is immortal. Verse number four. In Psalm 139 and 4, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. In other words, before you even say what you say, God even, God even knows what's on your tongue, what's in your mouth, what's in your heart. God already knows. This continues to solidify. David's argument that God is an, an omnipotent God. He's an omniscient God. He knows all, and he has all authority and he has all power. Verse number five, thou hast, thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Let me tell you something. God knows how to stabilize your life. And you see, even, even when you are thinking that everything you're doing is good and everything you're doing is wonderful, remember, all things that are good and all things that are wonderful still does not equate to being saved. Amen. Cornelius was a good man. The Bible speaks about Cornelius and how he was a good man, done many wonderful things, gave alms and had a wonderful position in life. He was a captain of a 
of, a, of an Italian band. He was a military man. Treated the people right. The people, the people loved him. Even God said he was a just man. But even in all of that, he wasn't the same. So we have to make sure that we don't equate the carnal things that we do in life. We don't equate the carnal things that we're doing and those things which may, if you will, pertain to the world as being wonderful and as being, and, and being great. We must make sure that we don't equate them with salvation because that does not equate to salvation. What does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give? In exchange for his soul. You notice that God is not concerned about the body. He's concerned about the soul. The immortal, the mortal man is not God's focus. It's the immortal man that God is focused on. Because that's what God wants back. He wants that which he gave that body. That which he created from the dust of the ground and breathed into it and man became a living nephesh. He wants that soul, that spirit back. And he wants it to be back in heaven's glory. But no sin shall enter into heaven. And so that soul that he wants back, he wants that soul, if you will, to be covered by the blood of Christ. In him we have redemption. Through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. And I say to you that David challenges the argument that man is too busy trying to contemplate on things that it will never truly understand or know. And there's nothing uh, sinful in trying to broaden one's knowledge. But Solomon, the wisest man that has ever lived, save Jesus himself, Solomon said with much purpose, so much misery. Amen. Because at the end of the day, Solomon makes it very clear. You can all the parchments and the manuscripts and the books and the philosophers and the poets and the and, and and all of the theologists and all the doctors and the lawyers and you can read them all and, and be knowledgeable of every last one of those books and Solomon says I could have saved you some time let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter see God keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man you see, you could have read that and went on your way. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, we spend our lives with so much time given to things, but not giving time to the most important thing. You might become carnally and, and worldly knowledgeable, but if you haven't given your soul over to God, you tell me what does that add up to? Right? I remember this little... I'm not on social media, but this is just one of the ones that just tickled me so much. And I, every time I find an opportunity to use it, I try to throw it out there because I think it'll tickle you too. This is this young baby sitting there studying his math, trying to get his math lesson right. And he's, his mom is at the table with him trying to get his math lesson together. And, he, and she, he's reading a word problem. And, and the word problem says, Jalen has two, two quarters, two, three dimes, and one nickel and a penny. How much money does Jalen have? Sometimes we, you know, you just gotta get to the point, right? You know, we, you got all this stuff, but it really doesn't add up to anything, right? He said, Jason broke. You got all this stuff, but it really doesn't add up to anything. 
out of the mouth of babies. We just need to understand that it's not about the things that you can collect and accumulate in the world. God is not frowning on wealthy people. James makes it very clear. If you have been blessed by God to have wealth, get an understanding of how to use it. Amen. But don't think wealth is going by heaven because it's not. Amen. Amen. And as a matter of fact, James and also Timothy, uh, uh, Paul would tell Timothy, those who will be wealthy, uh, help them understand that they learn how to be ready to distribute. Use it to the glory to help others. That's what James says you do with it, and, and Timothy says do it. But, but we spend a lot of time trying to accumulate things. And focusing a lot of time on those things which are, that are temporal. And not focusing ourselves on those which are eternal. The body goes back to the dust of the earth from which it came. That doesn't mean that you just run amok and don't take care of your body. Amen. Paul even told Timothy, bodily exercise profited little. But he didn't tell Timothy not to exercise. Amen. But what you want to understand is, is that, you know, if, you, if you're spending all this time on, on muscles and, 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 and all the beauty of, of, of this body, amen, what about your soul? Amen. How about putting some perfume on that? Some cologne on it. Amen. Amen. Come on now. You know, deal with the soul. Because that's what needs to be nurtured. Amen. And the only thing that can nurture it is the covenant. It's the word. In prayer, meditation, in devotion, as David would give us in Psalm 139. It's in that meeting place where we come and, and sit with God and, 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 and meditate about all of our concerns. And, and God already knows our, our down-sitting, and our uprising. And God already knows about our, uh, our, our pathway and our Lying down. He knows about all of our ways. He's acquainted with our hearts and our minds that generate and manifest its concepts through our speaking, our tongues, and our behavior. He already knows about these things. And God, uh, if you will, is there in that spiritual tabernacle, in that place of, of, of meditation. And, and, and I say this to you because as we, as we talk about the tabernacle and, and, and get into the intricacies of what it really meant when God told them in Exodus 25 and Leviticus chapter 1 and Leviticus chapter 17 about being in the tabernacle. He says, I'm, I'm having you put this tabernacle together according to my pattern. We already talked about that. According to my pattern, you're going to put this tabernacle together. And when you put this tabernacle together, according to my pattern, he says, I will be with you there. I will be with you there. Because it's been put together according to my pattern. And as long as it's being put together according to my pattern, 
God says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Let me hurry here. So David goes on in Psalm 139, and, he, and, he, and we drop down, if you will, by, uh, to verse number 5, and he says, uh, Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Thou, God knows how to stabilize our life. He knows how to stabilize our life. As the mortal man, let me tell you something, our lives are a wreck. We need somebody to stabilize it. And God says, I know how to stabilize it. I know how to stabilize it. Amen. I know, I know how to get you situated, to get you straightened out. Amen. But you got to come to the Lord. You got to come to the Lord. And, and look, and, 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 and Jesus even says, if you will, and God says, if you will, uh, 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 Jesus says it a little bit differently, if you will, that they will not come unto me, that I will save them. Amen. But God would say it just a little bit different. The Father would say it in the Old Testament as he speaks. He would let them to understand. Through the uh, prophet Isaiah when he says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. God knows how to stabilize us in the midst of our madness of carnal life. We quoted Jeremiah earlier, and Jeremiah says, Stand ye in the ways. Ask and see. Where is the good way? Ask for the old path and walk. And then he says, Walk therein. Even though there'll be many that will not walk therein. But God knows how to stabilize us. God knows how to take our lives that are that are a wreck and put them in a, in, a, in in such a way uh, and align it in such a way that we are able to then bear and carry the burden of this existence uh, with our spirit being strengthened from the inside out to be able to carry our cross and carry it all the way home to glory. God says that this is possible. Let me show you something very quickly as I close. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're in the New Testament text from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me show you something very quickly here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and he's, and he's, and he's, and he's challenged with them because, you know, there's division all over the place. Uh, people are following after man and not after God. Amen. And, 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 and so he... He, 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 as he, as we turn over to First Corinthians uh, uh, chapter three, we we, we find something uh, about um, uh, uh, Paul's emphasis on how we should uh, uh, construct our lives and, and make sure that our lives are focused on on God and not and not on man, not on the things of of the world, but the things that are of God. In First Corinthians chapter three, we find ourselves when when Paul says, "And I, brethren, could not speak unto you." As unto spiritual. You see, you see what Paul says. Paul says, look, there is a, 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 a depth of God's word that speaks to the spiritual man. To the spiritual man. Because that spiritual man needs to be strengthened. Amen. If the, if the mortal, if the mortal uh, urges and desires are going to be brought under control because they are out of control, it's going to take that spiritual man. To be strengthened. To bring it into subjection. You, Lord have mercy. You need something stronger than the flesh. To bring it into subjection. 
When your life is a wreck, you need something to be able to patch it and put it back together. But let me tell you something. You can't take your wrecked life and take it to somebody else whose life is also wrecked and think they're going to put it back together. take it to someone who put this body together in the first place. Lord have mercy. You got to take it to somebody. And, and look, and let me tell you something. It's alright to have someone to talk to, but make sure that the person that you're talking to is somebody that's talking to the person who knows how to put the body back together the way that was. <laughs> that's why we need, we need good spiritual men. And we need good spiritual women. Amen. I heard Paul tell Titus, the older women can teach the younger women. The older men can teach the younger men. Just not any man. Just not any woman. But a spiritual woman. A spiritual man. That have navigated the life that is in front of you. And have navigated the word of God. I think I said something. We're too busy trying to find people with wrecked lives, trying to put our own wrecked life back together. We need to find somebody that has done some work. And let God shape them and mold them. Amen. They spent some time on the, on the, on the shaping wheel of God. And they let God's hands shape them and, and mold them. They let themselves become God's workmanship. Took some of the rough edges off the side. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Let God shape them by the word of God. And they don't mean that they're perfect. Amen. But they can share some stuff. Amen. In Galatians chapter 5, in Galatians chapter 6, we need which are spiritual. Amen. You need those who are spiritual. Who we can go to and help shape and mold our lives. We too busy running to Dr. Oz. I didn't call that man's name. Too busy running to television folk instead of coming to God. Amen. Then you find out they weren't really who you thought they were. All right. I'm going to leave that alone. But we too busy looking at TV for direction instead of searching the scripture for correction. Brothers, you find someone overtaken in a fault. God makes it very clear that we need some spiritual folk we can go to. Amen. Who can give us some correction. Amen. Amen. And so we look at this text and we say to ourselves, in Colossians, first, um, first Corinthians chapter 3, he says, I, 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 couldn't, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I want you to see this here. As unto babes in Christ. In other words, those who are coming into the body. We all come into the body as babes. But over time, it is our responsibility as Christians. Hebrews chapter 9. To let the covenant of God in this tabernacle relationship. To shape our lives. 
is God. It is God. And let me show you something with you as I transition here quickly. So Paul goes on and says, I couldn't speak unto you as a spiritual, but as unto carnal, because you are even, uh, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for here to, here, uh, uh, hither to you were not able to bear it, neither yet, are, uh, yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, and, and, and are ye not yet carnal and walk as men? And look what he says. You've got to understand Paul is saying, look, there's com there comes a time when you've got to grow and You've got to be able to, to consume the deeper things of God's word, the spiritual matters that shape and mold your life. And not listening to men, but listening to God. Because he even said, not Apollos. Apollos may have been a good man, but Apollos is not God. Not even Peter. Peter may have been a good man, but Peter's not God. If Peter said something that was contrary to God's word, then you don't need to be following after Peter. If Apollos said something that was contrary to God's word, then you don't need to be following after Apollos. The point I'm trying to make here is not based on these spiritual men being moved by the Holy Spirit of God, but even in the context of a man himself. When somebody is saying something that is contrary to God's word, you don't need to be following after that person. You got to come back to God's word. You got to let God's word be your guide. David said, the Lord, he said, your, your word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light Unto my pathway. We'll deal with more, more with that next time. But let me let me hurry back to my conclusion. Look at Psalm. Go back to Psalm 139, and I'm going to end here. When you look at David, David says something very clear here. As he as he comes to his, uh, uh, he's coming to a transition. I'm coming to a close. But when you look at in Psalm 139, look what he says in verse number six. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot, I cannot attain unto it. It is not for us to understand the, the, the completeness of God's omniscience and his omnipotence. There is nothing that you will ever be able to consume upon the face of the earth to understand the breadth and depth of God. His ways is not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Even as the heavens are high above the earth are his ways for our ways and his thoughts for our thoughts. We're too busy trying to figure out God as opposed to obeying him too high for you to deal with that. God has given us what he wants us to know. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says that the, the secret things belong to the Lord, but those things which he wanted us to know, he revealed them. We need to focus on that. And let me tell you something. If you just focus on what God has revealed, I guarantee you your lifetime will be full. He goes on and says in verse number seven, whither shall I go from thy spirit? In other words, it's a rhetorical question. There's no place you can run and God will not see you. God knows where you are. He knows where you are on the highway of your life. He knows what you're doing. And if you think that's not so, I invite you. I'm not going to do it with it this morning, but I invite you to go read the book of Job. And you tell me at what point did, 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 did uh, Job tell God where he was. Job didn't have to tell God where he was. God knew where Job was. <laughs> Amen. And just like he knew where Job was, he knows where we are in the highway of our life. But he goes on and says, I can't go from me. He said, whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I free, flee rather from thy presence? I don't care where you, how far you try to run or how fast you try to get there. You are not going to outrun God. God knows where you are. He knows what you are. 
He knows who you are. The question is, do you want to know God? There are people who want to run from God. Remember I said earlier in my analogy, there are a whole lot of folk who, instead of taking the, the off-ramp to Jesus, they want to step on the gas and blow past the off-ramp. Amen. Amen. And you just better be thankful that every day that you're allowed to come out of your beds of slumber, that God has given you another day of mercy. And guess what? That another day of mercy reminds you there's an off-ramp. There's an off-ramp, right? As a matter of fact, you blew past this off-ramp. But I thank God for the analogy of repentance. Because you know what repentance means? Repentance actually means turn around. You blew past the off-ramp. Turn around. Come back to the off-ramp and take it. That's what it means. Come back. Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3 helps us understand that. But nevertheless, Acts 3.19. He says, look. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain to it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell below, thou art there. I wanted to make sure I, I, I pointed that out. Because a lot of folk run around here thinking that the devil reigns in hell. No, the devil is going to be in hell, but he doesn't reign in hell. Amen. I just want to drop that off. I know Valent. I mean, <laughs> I know that uh, uh, the 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 uh, the uh, holiday of uh, 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 of all the spirits and the dead, and you know, Amen. Halloween is just passed. And everybody, think, let me just tell you something. I, I'm not I'm not afraid of the devil that fell from heaven. That one I'm not concerned about. Amen. Now, I'm gonna say something. Don't y'all get up and run out of here. Amen. I'm not afraid of that devil because I know where that devil is. That devil's waiting on the judgment. What I'm afraid of are his emissaries that have adopted his ways. That are still walking around here on the face of the earth. Amen. And they ain't wearing no, no, no hockey mask with no hatchet in their hand either. They got a suit on with a tie and a Oh, amen. With a dress on. Got their hair pressed or curled, twisted. Got glasses on. Amen. That, those are the devils that I'm worried about. Because those are the ones that can still do me harm. Amen. But the one that fell from heaven is waiting on judgment. But there are those who have picked up his habits. Oh, amen. Those ones I'm concerned about. And to be able to deal with those devils, I'm going to need the word of God. I used to think I needed some other kind of instrument. But now I just need the word of God. Amen. I just need the word of God. We, we, we need to understand that God says there's no place we can go that he doesn't know where we are. In Psalm 139 and verse number 9, if I take up the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the creator. I am the created. And I know that you've been, you have done a wonderful job. Now the world have may, may have corrupted my ways and corrupted my behavior, but I know that when you created me from my mother's womb, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. If you're online looking for somebody to validate your beauty, you need to come back to God's word because God said you don't need anybody to validate what you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're too busy caring about what the world thinks about us. We should be more concerned about what God thinks about us. God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And thou, and that, and that my soul knows right well. When the mortal man can come out of his carnal state of arrogance and understand that he has no authority except for that which God has given. And when he begins to evolve from the carnal man and begins to embrace his soul, and he recognizes that the soul cannot be nurtured with, 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 with the physical food that is for the flesh. It can only be nurtured with the covenant of God, with the word of God. That is how the soul is and when the soul is strengthened, because see, the soul, the reason why the body does what it does, it's because the soul, the spirit, is not strong enough to constrain it. But when it receives, as newborn babes receive milk from its mother, that soul, that soul receives the nurturing uh, nutrients from the word of God that strengthens it. So Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, Romans 10, uh, 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 Romans 10 and 15. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And Hebrews 11 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God wants you to be saved. Amen. You got to come repenting of your sins. You got to turn around. You got to turn around, take the offering that God has placed in our lives. And that offering is Jesus. You got to turn around, change your life, 
Repent of your sins. Luke 13, 3 and 5 says, I tell you, nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Acts 17 and 30, God commanded every man everywhere to repent. Second Peter 3, 8 and 9, God wishes none to perish, but that all should come unto repentance. Understanding the urgency. The urgency of the commandments. Father, as we go, one day with God is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. You don't have all the time that you may think you have. All you have is right now. Behold, now is acceptable time. Now is the time of salvation. Amen. The Bible says we confess Jesus Christ to be the Son of God. Romans 10 and 9, with the mouth we confess Christ Jesus. Romans 10 and 10, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Going down to the water gate of baptism. And the blood of Christ cleanses from all trespasses. Says he who has become a new Jesus will carry you through. 